after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who is born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all of the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them, where is the Messiah to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea. They replied, for it is written of what the prophet has said. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time that the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go, search carefully for this child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they heard the king, they went on their way. And the star, as it had seen when it rose, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up. He took the child and the mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem in its vicinity who were about two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said to the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who were trying, trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, he took the child and his mother and he went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reign, reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in another dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called 
was fulfilled what was said through the prophets, that he would be called a Nazarene. G'day again, everyone. Um, Scotty's my name. So glad to be with you this morning. I thought today we might start by getting to know one another a little bit. Uh, I hope that's not too intimidating for anyone. Um, but they often say that there are two types of people in the world, and which type of person are you? So we're going to find out a little bit about each other now. Uh, let's start with an easy one. Um, are you the kind of person that prefers sweet food or savoury food? Hands up if you're a sweet person. You enjoyed uh, Christmas dessert. You say what savoury people? You enjoyed Christmas lunch yesterday, right? Yeah. Not yesterday, two days ago. When it comes to emails, what kind of person are you? Are you the kind of person that has an inbox with hundreds of unread emails or a clean inbox? Hundreds of unread emails? What about uh, a clean one? Much more clean inboxes. I like to see that, can I say? <laughs> um, when it comes to setting your alarm in the morning, are you the kind of person that has to set four or five alarms before you wake up, or just the one? Hands up, just, just one alarm? Just one alarm? What about anyone who has to set four or five alarms before they wake up? Well, good to see those hands up. Well done. What about no alarms? No alarms? Whoa! I don't think that's humanly possible, is it? Kevin, are, are you a robot, Kevin? I, I just... <laughs> I don't know. When you're reading a book, are you the kind of person that puts a bookmark in? Or are you one of those people who would turn the, the corner of the page over and dog ear the book? Bookmark people? Uh, dog ears? Turn, turn the corner of the page over? I, I do this. I turn the corner of the pages over. And I had a friend of who, who got very angry at me one day when he said, you cannot do that to a book. Um, this is the one that really divides people, though. So. What about no dog ear? And no bookmark. Yeah. Yeah. No, nobody does that. I'm pretty sure no. Kevin, you're you're convincing me you are a robot. Um, this is the big one. Uh, we've got to have a, 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 an amount, a certain amount of grace for one another here. Um, are you a dog person or a cat person? Dog, dog person. Cat person. Okay, now let's not go to war over these friends. I know it's a big deal, but we've learned a little bit about one another there, isn't it? Now, th- those, are, those are some choices at different points we make in life. Um, they're not very important, really, when it comes down to it, Although, even if my friend says I'm, I'm bad for dog hearing my book. But sometimes in life, though, we do face choices where it's one or the other, and you have to make a choice. And as we look through our Bible passage today, we're going to be asked that kind of question. We're going to have one choice or another. Over Christmas in our, in our church here, we've been reading about the time of Jesus' birth from a part of the Bible called Matthew. It's um, kind of like a biography of Jesus' life, written by a guy named Matthew. Um, he was one of Jesus' 12 followers. He, Matthew knew Jesus, followed him, spent lots of time with him. Today, Matthew, we meet two kings. And they're kind of pitted against each other. And as they face off, the question, of course, is who's going to emerge as the true king? And as we go through, the question for us is, in life, where does our allegiance lie? Now, you meet these two kings in the first two verses of the chapter we read before. You can, it's in there in your leaflet. I'm sure you've seen it already. Verse 1 says this. Uh, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, 
Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where's the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. See, there's, there's two kings, isn't there? There's King Herod. He's uh, the king of the time. He's backed by the Roman Empire. He's basically a puppet king over a chunk of what we call the Middle East today. He's one of the kings. The other king is, is Jesus, just, just a newborn. He's called the king of the Jews by the wise men. And our first impressions here are, are pretty clear that Herod's the real king, isn't he? He's in Jerusalem, the capital city, where the kings live. We later find out that Jesus is just in some kind of backlot, some no, nowhere place called Bethlehem. Herod is sitting on his throne, but Jesus is just in a, a manger, a, a, a trough for animal food. Herod's the one with the real power here. That's what it looks like when we first open the chapter. But as you go through the chapter, time and again, you keep hearing, no, 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 Matthew's showing us, actually, the crown is already on the head of Jesus. You see this, it kind of starts when the wise men come, the Magi. These guys are likely uh, Babylonian, perhaps Arabian. And they seem to be involved in some sort of ancient astrology because they are looking up at the stars and they see this particular star. We're not told how they know this, but somehow they look at this star and they, they recognise it as a sign a new king has been born for the Jews. And so they decide to go and worship him. And they spend no expense when it comes to this. Like they travel from a long distance across many countries' borders and no COVID back then, international borders were open back then. And when they can't find the king in Jerusalem, they keep asking questions up the chain up until finally they come before King Herod and they ask him as well, King Herod, where's this one born? When they finally meet the new king, look at what they do. It's partway through verse 11. Partway through verse 11, they... They bowed down and worshipped him. Here are these men, they're wealthy elites. And when they see this small child, they physically, but they get down on their knees and they lean over and bow down to just a small child. It's, it's extraordinary. But even that doesn't cut it off. There's still more. They give him some very precious gifts. Like this isn't just your socks and undies kind of throwaway gift at Christmas time. This is it's gold, the most precious metal. Frankincense. Uh, in ancient times, something used as a, a perfume, even for, for in the medical world they use this. Myrrh. It's got lots of uses. Perfume, embalming used to anoint people. Um, three very, very precious things. The Magi, the wise men, they come to worship Jesus. And they spare no expense on this at all. That's not how they treat Herod. How do they treat Herod? Well, initially Herod asks them to come back, to tell him where this baby king was born. But the wise men are warned in a dream not to go back to Herod. And they have no problems. They've got no qualms at all about skipping out and ignoring him. You see, the way that the, the wise men, the Magi, treat these two kings makes it very clear. They're convinced that only one king is worth their time. Only one king deserves their devotion, and so they give it to Jesus. And afterwards, the hunt begins. In verse 8, you see Herod express his desire to worship Jesus, but as things move along, you find out that he doesn't really want to do that at all. A bit of background on Herod. 
I mentioned before, he's like a puppet king for the Romans. He's king over a large part of the land called the modern-day Middle East. But he had a history of, of being a tyrant. He wasn't a nice guy. So as he was getting closer to dying, in his old age, he had lots of prominent people arrested and locked up. And he ordered that when he died, they were to be killed because he wanted to make sure that at his death there was lots of public mourning. This is not a a, a sane man, is it? At different times in his life, he had multiple members of his family executed, wives, sons, because he thought that they were plotting against him. Uh, And it led one historian to say, though it may be true that Herod was an extremely able ruler, it was also true that he was an intensely jealous person of his position. So when Herod finds out that their new king has been born, how do you think he's going to react? Not well, does he? And no, he doesn't. Look at it in verse 16. When Herod realised that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. And he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he'd learned from the Magi. That's horrendous. This is horrible stuff, isn't it? A king abusing his power out of selfishness because of his own political insecurities. The hunt is on, but King Herod fails. He doesn't hit his target. His rival lives on. And you see constantly that Jesus lives on because God is protecting him. God the Father protects his chosen king, Jesus. You see it time and again. So in verse 12, God uses a dream to warn the Magi not to go back to Herod. In verse 13, God uses an angel to tell Joseph and his family to flee Bethlehem, get out of there before Herod comes to get Jesus to go down to Egypt. In verse 20, God sends an angel again to tell Joseph now it's actually safe to go back. But in verse 22, God uses the dream again to tell Joseph to go to a particular part of Israel so that Herod's son can't get to Jesus. You see, Herod, he he wants to strike out and kill this rival king, but at every step of the way, God thwarts Herod's plans. God thwarts Herod's attempts. He tries to hunt down Jesus. But what's the outcome in the end? Herod, he ends up dead himself. But Jesus ends up in the exact place God meant him to be. That's that's why Matthew keeps quoting from those Old Testament prophets. It shows us that in the end, and in fact at every point in between, Jesus is in the exact right place, right where God wants him to be. Because here's the point. Um, the true king, the king backed by God. The real king is not Herod. It's Jesus. Matthew can't be any clearer. And, and nothing stands in the way of God's plan for Jesus to be king. Herod can try anything. All sorts of tricks from murder to lying. But nothing stands in the way of God's plans for Jesus to be king. 
you know, all, all through history, time and again, different rulers and people in authority have tried to get rid of Jesus and have tried to get rid of the movement that Jesus began. It started off in, at this time with Herod. At the end of his life, Jesus had both the Jewish and the Roman authorities against him. They killed him. He rose again. After Jesus returned to heaven, the movement spreads, and many Roman emperors, one after another, tried to stop this movement by killing off Jesus' followers. They all failed. Jesus' followers kept growing in number. Just last century, the Chinese government tried to get rid of Christianity, tried to ban people from following Jesus. It didn't work though. When China opened back in the opened up again in the 80s, it was clear there were now more Christians than when China got closed off to the Western world. Time and again, history has shown us that nothing can kill off Jesus and the movement that he began. He still is the king. He still is the king. Let me ask you for a minute. Does anyone have a favourite Christmas movie? Favourite Christmas movie? Yeah, White Christmas. White Christmas? I can't say I've heard of that story, Bart, but I'm sure it's a lovely movie. I'll leave it a goodie, she says. Favourite Christmas movie? No, no, no we, don't watch, we don't watch TV, do we? Good, excellent. Um, Die Hard? Die Hard. This is my favourite Christmas movie, yes. It's barely a Christmas movie, but it does happen at Christmas time. So let me, let me give you the basic plot. Anyone know Die Hard? A couple of people. Here's the basic plot. Bruce Willis is a policeman, he's a cop in New York, but he and his wife have separated. He goes back to visit his family over the Christmas holidays, um, back down to Los Angeles, and he's going to meet his wife. He flies in, he's going to meet his wife at her work Christmas party. She works in one of those skyscrapers in LA. Only that some bad guys, uh, they they come in and they take everyone at this party hostage, except Bruce Willis is off in another room, so he's, he's free. And so he spends most of the rest of the movie in a fight with these guys who um, are trying to uh, kill everyone, basically, the terrorists. He gets constantly beaten up in the movie. But the bad guys are never able to land a killer blow on, on Bruce Willis. And so at the end of the movie, he ends up standing tall and winning the day. And there are now five die-hard movies. Yes. Um, and they all basically follow that same plot, right? Bruce Willis is trying to stop the bad guys, he absorbs a lot of punishment, he takes on heaps, but in the end nothing can actually stop him from winning. Now, stick with me here. But in some ways, Jesus is kind of like Bruce Willis in Die Hard. Oh, yeah, everyone loves it, yes. See, no matter what gets thrown at Jesus, time and again people try to take him out, but nothing can stop him. Nothing can kill him off. Here's the crucial thing with Jesus. This isn't down to having good charismatic leaders in the right place at the right time. This is not a a, a well-organised campaign to keep Jesus going. It's not down to humans to do this. This is the work of God. God is the one who is determined that Jesus will be king and nothing will stand in his way. So let me then just ask you, for you, 
in your own life? Where's your allegiance? Where's, where does your loyalty in life lie? In your life, what's the king? What gets your devotion? What gets your money, your time, your energy? That's really the question the Bible is trying to bring to the surface for us here today. If God has said, Jesus is my chosen king and nothing will stop my plan for him to be king, if that's what God's saying here, then we need to ask ourselves, what place does Jesus have in our lives? Now, you might be here today and you're just not really on board with this whole Jesus thing. You're happy to come along, but, but Jesus isn't that important to you. And so what I'm saying today might be a bit confronting. You might be reading the Bible today and thinking, this is confronting. And it's a big step in my life to go from where I'm at now and Jesus being my king. I, I want to know a lot more before I get there, right? That's what I say. We want to be a church that helps you do that. And we want to be a church that helps people get to know what Jesus is like, if they can live for Jesus or not. I said these couple of things on Christmas Day. I just want to say them again so you can hear them from me. So apologies if you were around a couple of days ago. But there's a couple of things we want to do as a church to help you get to know who Jesus is. Uh, in January, starting on the 10th of January, on our Sundays in our regular church here, we're going to be going through um, four big challenges that our world is facing. Things like COVID-19, the environment, greed, love. Four big challenges our world is facing. I just want to see what Jesus has to say about them. This would be an easy way to get to know Jesus better. To know what he's like. To, to see if you could actually put him as your king in life. We'd love to welcome you to that. Then in February we're going to do something uh, a little bit fun as well. I love this. is my favourite thing we do every year. Um, five Monday nights, starting on the 8th of February, I'm going to do the Life Series. We're meeting in a cafe called Zitto's in Tea Tree Plaza. We're just going to look into life with Jesus. What does he really say? Does the evidence back him up? What's it all mean for me? Those kind of questions. Again, look, we'd love for you to join us. If that's the kind of thing you'd like to do to pursue Jesus, to see if you can get to live with him as your king, you're more than welcome to come along. On the front of the leaflet says some contact info for our church. You'd be welcome just to send a quick email or a phone message if you'd like to know more or get in touch. But if Jesus is God's chosen king, then it's worth getting to see if you could trust him and have him as your king, isn't it? That, that, that would be the kind of New Year's resolution that's worth keeping. But there'll be some of us here who already live with Jesus as king. I just want to give one quick reflection before we move on. And here it is. Don't give up on calling Jesus as your king. Don't give up on worshipping Jesus as your king. You know, sometimes in life, he's going to ask you to make tough calls. Perhaps that's happened for you already. Perhaps it's going to happen this year. Sometimes it will feel like Calling Jesus king is really out of step with public opinion. And maybe you've been feeling that this year. Maybe you'll feel that next year or at some point later in life. If you ever feel like that, God wants you to hear this. God wants you to know, 
Jesus is truly the king. God has made him king. God will always put Jesus as king. That's not going to change. So living with him as your king is the right move, even in moments when it's tricky and when it's hard. So if you are following Jesus as your king, let me just say as we finish, we're going to begin a new year soon. In this new year, redevote yourself again to honouring Jesus, being devoted to Jesus, worshipping Jesus as your king.